Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome back, and glad you could tune in. My name's Tim, and um, uh, we're in a series of lessons um, called Going Viral. Uh, if, you, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 10, because we're going to be looking at that particular chapter in depth this morning. See, today I want to talk about spreading kindness. We've been looking at all the different things we can spread, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. One of them is kindness. One time Jesus described it. Uh, the culture the disciples were living in and they were going to live in when he sent them out with these words here in Matthew 24. He mentioned one of these things. And one of the things he mentioned was the love of many will grow cold. Um, we're living in, I think, one of the rudest, crudest, most polarized times in modern history. Uh, meanness seems to be the normal response to anything. Uh, Dennis Miller on uh, Larry King Now said a few, just a couple of years ago, he said something about um, that our culture has become a minefield. That if you say, if you tell a joke, for example, or you make a comment, half the people may laugh, but the half the people may hiss at you. And so it's it's like uh, the culture, this culture of cruelty is just so mean-spirited and uh, people are getting hurt and clobbered all the time by it. So what do you do? What do you do in a world that seems to be so cruel right now? Well, God wants you to spread His kindness. He wants you to spread that. Look here at Colossians 3. If you have notes, if you've downloaded those notes on the website, you can follow along, or you can see them up here on PowerPoint. And in Colossians 3, here's what uh, Paul told the church at Colossae. You are the people of God. He's, he's narrowed it down. Here's what I want you to do, people of God. He loved you and chose you for His own. So then you must clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I heard somebody say it this way. A lot of times people want to look nice. Well, God wants you to be nice. That's what kindness can be sometimes, being nice. Well, how do I do that? Well, I clothe myself with these things. Compassion, sympathy in other words. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And look what, look what Paul tells the church at Philippi. While he's in uh, uh, in prison, talk about living a cruel in a cruel culture. It says, "Let everyone see." Now, I want to stop right there. He says, "Let everyone see." Let every, in other words, spread this. You want to spread this around. Let everyone see that you are gentle and kind. So, what does it mean to be kind? Well, Jesus gives a great example in Luke ten, and if you're there in Luke ten, you know it, uh, Jesus describes. Uh, what kindness is really all about. That kindness is not how you feel, but kindness is really based on what you do. In Luke 10, we see this story about uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, if you know the story, and you probably are familiar with the story, it's a story where a fella, an expert of the law, comes up to Jesus and says, listen, oh, I got a question for you. What do I do to inherit eternal life? And the And Jesus says, well, what does the Bible say? What does God say? You've read it. What does it say to you? What a great place to start. You want to answer a a question about life? Go to the Word of God. And so he says, what's the Bible say? And the expert in the law, who knows the Old Testament, knows the writings of Moses, quickly answers. Well, it says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, awesome answer. He's excited. You've used the Bible. And now you've you've got the right answer. So go do that. Now, the expert of the law kind of sits there for a minute. 
and he begins to think, well, I need to, I need to, uh, I got another question or follow up question. And seeking to justify the way he loves people, he asks, well, who's my neighbor? And Jesus says, well, let me tell you a story. And it's a story about a fella who's going down this, this road from Jerusalem to Jericho, about, uh, is it, 3,600 feet it drops, I think, or 2,600, several, several, uh, it drops. He's going down this windy switchback type of road. If you've ever been on switchbacks on a mountain, you know what I'm talking about. Real windy. This road has a reputation for not being a safe place. I know in West County, my brother and I talk about this. We go on Manchester Road, and, and it's been called Manslaughter Road. And uh, we kind of joke about that, but it's, you know, it's got a reputation, in other words. Uh, and and uh, I, I remember when I was a kid that uh, there was a highway, Highway 130 was called Blood Highway. And this road between Jerusalem and Jericho is called the Bloody Way. It's because it's very windy, very dangerous. You never travel on this road alone or at night. Even to this day, it's dangerous. You can be robbed if you uh, travel this road without anyone else. And so it's, 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 it still has this reputation. Well, this guy is walking down this road on his way home, and he is uh, held up. He's ambushed by some robbers, and they take everything he has. They beat him up so bad, it looks like he's dead. He's just laying on the road. And Jesus goes on to explain now. He, go, he tells this guy, now a priest walks by. And when he walks by, he decides, oh, he don't want anything to do with this. So he goes as far away on the other side of the road, walks completely around it. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been somewhere and you see something happening and you just want to stay away from it it's scary it's intimidating you don't want to be involved so to speak and we, you know you say well uh we do you think about this we do this a lot we do this all the time how many times have you seen someone that's homeless and you just want to drive through you don't want to stop you don't even look them in the eye you just keep going and that's what that's one response he jesus is saying a lot of people have with people they don't want they don't want to get too close, you know, out of sight, out of mind. So they keep that social distance. By the way, you don't have to have COVID nineteen to practice social distancing. A lot of people do it anyway. And they stay they, they say, Well, if I if I can keep this, if I keep the relationship shallow, therefore I, then I won't have to help and I won't have to be involved. I can just stay out of the way. Uh, another guy walks by, a, a Levite. He's religious, just like the priest. He walks by. And he even looks a little bit at the fella, but he goes on the other side of the road and keeps walking. And you see this guy here, he has this, he has, he stares, that's how I said it, he stares, but he doesn't care. He doesn't really care. He sees what's going on. He knows something needs to be done. But he doesn't care enough to do anything. And so he moves on and he basically forgets all about it. Now, before you're too hard on this guy, you know, we do this all the time too. How many times have you rubbernecked? An accident, you see it, you look at it, and you're down the road less than a mile and you've forgotten completely about it. Well, this guy here, he sees it, but he doesn't care. He's apathetic. He's indifferent about it. But then there's this fellow that comes along. He's despised. He's hated. He's a Samaritan. And Jesus uses him. And notice about this guy here in Luke 10. He sees this fellow, but he stops. He stops and does something about it. You know, I learned about this. Here's a despised, hated Samaritan. And this, and again, this expert of the law 
has nothing to do with Samaritans. And Jesus says the hero of the story is going to be somebody you despise, somebody you, you can't stand. And he uses him as the hero. And it tells me something that anyone can learn to be kind. Anybody. You know, anybody can learn to be kind to someone. And so in case you think, well, I'm a hard case. Well, guess what? You can learn to be kind. And Jesus uses this guy to show what kindness is all about. And so Jesus, after the story says, so let me ask you a question. You, you've got a question. Let me give you a question. And he says, who was the neighbor to this man? You're asking who's your neighbor. I'm asking you what kind of neighbor are you going to be? Who was the neighbor to this man on this road? And here's here's the answer, what it means to be kind. The expert said, the one who was kind enough to help him. That's what kindness is. When you care about enough to do something. And then Jesus says to him, go and imitate his example. You know, I learned a couple things when I read this passage. I got to tell you before we get into really breaking down how to spread kindness. The first thing is being religious doesn't make you kind. Just because I'm religious doesn't make me kind. You know a lot of people who go to church and and they and they 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 uh, read their Bibles. They're, they seem to be religious, but they're not very kind, are they? They're judgmental, they're miserable, and they're cruel. So you know, being religious doesn't make you kind. You know what makes you kind? Being like Jesus, that's what makes you kind. And this Samaritan is being just like Jesus here. And what is so what is kindness? It kindness is being a neighbor to everyone. Not just the people that are like me, but the people that are nothing like me. Now I don't, we're not sure if this guy was a Jew that was hurt, that was damaged, you know, and, and left half dead and robbed. We're not sure if he's a Jew. The Bible really doesn't tell us. He's just a guy. And to the Samaritan, he doesn't care. He just sees somebody. And he decides he's going to be a neighbor of anyone that needs his help. Look at the Bible says here in 1 Thessalonians 5. It tells us as Christians. See that none of you repays another with evil for evil. Now look close at this passage. But always aim to show kindness. Aim to show kindness. If you've got those notes, I would even circle the word aim in your Bible. That's a good word. Always aim to show kindness. And look, it says then, and seek to do good. Seek, aim, and seek. It says aim to show kindness and seek to do good. Look at here. To one another, and look what it says, and to everybody. I want you to see something here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you and I don't get a pass we don't get a pass on, on whether we, we can be kind or not. God doesn't leave any wiggle room for you and I. Well, I can I can be unkind if somebody's unkind to me. The Bible doesn't give us that privilege. doesn't give us that out. It says to be kind to everybody. And, and how do I become kind? How do I aim for kind? I have to open my eyes and see something. I have to see what's going on around me. So how do I do this? How do I spread kindness? How do I cultivate kindness uh, in my life? Well, number one, we learn from this this fellow, this good Samaritan. We learn, number one, I see the needs of the people around me. And this is a busy road. It's a very busy road. People are going up and down this road all the time. And, and no different than what we, we're experiencing. It's a very, we, we live in a very busy culture. And love begins... 
Love begins by looking. To care, I've got to be aware. Look what the Bible says here in Luke 10, 33. When he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. I don't know if you ever think about this. My wife and I have these discussions. How many people did you see today, Tim? And I go, I start thinking, well, let's see. I saw, I saw the person taking my order, uh, took my money at McDonald's. There's one. Then I, the person gave me my coffee. There's two. And I saw, uh, Denise and, uh, Ashley at work. There's three and four. I start counting them up. I saw Devin and Vic. They come in and pick up some glass. There's five and six. And I start thinking, well, then there was this lady that came in. I was picking up some screens and I saw her. I'm not even, I think, oh, about 20 people. That's not true. I did, that's the, I did not see 20 people. When you stop and think about how many people you see every day, even during this social distancing, you're going to be blown away how many you see. Because see, I went to Lowe's and I saw the cash, the cashier, but I also saw 50 or 60 people. I also saw a bunch of people in the parking lot at Walmart. I also saw a bunch of people as I'm driving there, driving past me and, you know, up and down going the same direction and against, against, you know, meeting me at the road. I saw hundreds of people. I didn't notice them. You see, who do you see and who you notice is totally different. See where I'm going with this? And if you, you've got to see the needs of people. See, kind people, they, they see everything, everything else people are missing. Kind people see what everyone else is missing. And uh, if I'm going to meet needs of people, I've got to first be looking for them. And for me to aim to be kind, like that passage we just uh, we read it in First Thessalonians, for me to aim to be kind, I have to look. I have to look through my eyes. I've got to see and I've got to open my eyes. You know, I, how's it, how many, this happens to me often. And I know I'm talking to some of you who have brought this to my attention. You'll say to me, you didn't even wave at me, Tim. <sighs> huh? You didn't even wave at me. One time I went to a restaurant, went to Sports Tap. Some friends of mine were going to Sports Tap. And so I, it's after church. And so I walk in. And I'm looking for a seat. I'm looking around. And finally there's an empty seat. And I sit down. Here comes a couple other people in our small group. We're sitting there. And someone walks up and goes, I can't believe it, Tim. You didn't even wave at me. You didn't even say hi to me. And I go, huh? I'm sitting right over there. I go, I didn't see you. You looked right at me. Well, I saw a body. But there's a difference between seeing a body and somebody. Am I right? Yeah. There's a big difference between seeing a body and somebody. And and honestly, I wasn't looking for somebody. I was just looking at bodies. It happens to me all the time. I'm driving, Tim. You didn't even wave at me. I waved at you. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm too busy driving. (laughs) Try try not to kill anybody. Okay. But at the same time, I think, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be a person that doesn't notice people, doesn't see people. I had a guy one time in the foyer at the church building look at me and say, I'm, it's after church. Everybody's running around. They're saying, waving at me. And I'm, wait, trying, I'm trying to notice as many people as possible. Because would you quit? He said this to me. Will you quit looking at everybody and look at me? I hate it when I do that. I don't like doing that. I don't like ignoring or or overlooking people. I don't like it when that happens. That's the last thing I want to do. 
but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Why does things like that happen? Why is it that we don't see people? I heard this week a guy say there's two reasons. One is they hide. People hide what their needs, so I don't see them. They hide them. The other is I'm in a hurry. I'm one of those guys when I go somewhere to a store, I'm going to go pick it up. I know I go in to pick up one thing. I come out with seven, but I really do want to go and just get one thing and get out of there. I don't want to look at everything. My wife wants to look at everything. I want to get in and get out. I'm on a mission, so to speak. When I'm working, I'm very full. I get I get that way too. But when I'm in a hurry, I don't see people. I know that. And that that could be it. I've come to realize though something. That everyone has something going on. Everybody has something going on. Everybody's dealing with something. And kind people, you want to be kind? You've got to get past the body and notice the somebody in your life. Now ask yourself, who's somebody that you need that you need to notice that has a need that you can help help them with? That's what the Good Samaritan does. He sees somebody and he sees their needs. It says when he saw his condition, his heart went out to him. He saw the man's condition. He didn't just see a body there. He saw somebody. And then 1 Corinthians 10, it tells us this. Do not look out only for yourselves. Look at it says here. Look out for the good of others also. So how's your eyesight this morning? How's your eyesight this morning? Again, I remind you, the theme of this year is open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Well, God wants to open your eyes. What do you see when he does? How about asking God, open my eyes to the needs of those around me, to the neighbors next door, to the co-worker, to a member that's off the radar, that's off the, off the grid somewhere. How about asking God to do that? It starts there. Number two, I sympathize with the pain of the people around me. Jesus says, then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. He sees this guy, but he also feels for this guy. Yet he's not cold. He's not indifferent. He's sensitive. He identifies with this guy. I can imagine. It's not hard to imagine. You know, kind people do this. They they place themselves in the situation of the person that, that's hurting. That's why they're kind. I, there's an old song back in, we used to here that could have been me that could have been me and it's true when you what kind people identify they put they empathize with the, with people that are hurting around them and they as as silly as it may sound they feel their pain and because of that kindness just comes out of their heart look at the bible says in romans 12 this this is what the bible says for us christians when others are happy, be happy with them. If they're sad, share their sorrow. I share that burden. I share that need. This this good Samaritan sees this guy and he sympathizes. He empathizes. He identifies. He's he shares the same experience. He realizes that could be me. And what what do what what would I need if I had was in trouble? That's what this person needs from me. Now, look, I, I know some of you here are listening this morning. I'm not going to name names. I could. 
But uh, uh, you might shake your head and say, you know, I'm just not a touchy-feely kind of guy. Well, let me tell you something. You're probably not kind either. And because, because see, kind people, they are touchy-feely. They, they empathize. Their hearts go out to those that hurt. They, listen, they imagine and identify what it must be like to go through something like that. And this makes their heart tender. First Peter 3 says this, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. He's saying, share the same sympathy. Share the same feelings. Share the same humility. Share the same love. Be tender-hearted. Number three, if I want to be kind, I learned from this Good Samaritan, I seize the opportunity to help the people around me. Moses says he went over to him, poured oil and wine on his wounds and bandaged them. In other words, I seize the opportunity to be kind. Now, I learned a few things here. How do I do that? Well, number one, I adjust to interruptions. Good Samaritan's routine is disrupted. Would you agree with that? His plans have been changed for him, and it doesn't seem to bother him. And kind people are not bothered when their plans are changed. They know that acts of kindness are many times random. And so they adjust their attitude. They adjust their focus and adjust their attitude to realize this isn't just an interruption. They adjust it from being an interruption in their life to being an encounter that God's behind this. That's what a believer does. That's what a kind Christian does. And if you want to be kind and you want to seize the moment, you need to see these moments where you see hurting people, not as an interruption in your life, but actually a moment where you can express God's kindness, give something some somebody what they need it's actually a moment god has created the second thing is to seize the moment is i must act immediately you know kindness doesn't wait to feel like doing it it just does it because it's the right thing if you're waiting to feel kind before you are kind you're going to be waiting a long time you may never be kind okay you know why because feelings always follow actions it's not the other way around and so kindness does it now. It doesn't put it off. Seize that. Seize the moment to be kind. And the, and the third thing here I notice is I must move against my fear. I really need to move against my selfishness if I want to seize the moment. See, there's all kinds of reasons to not help this guy. The good Samaritan could have said, well, he could be faking it. I could get hurt. It, it, it could be I can't help him. He's already dead. It could be if I start helping him, somebody might come along and see me leaning over the body and think I'm the guy that did it. I could be misunderstood. Or I could just make things worse. How many times have we thought that we're thinking about helping somebody? Well, this could get worse. I could be because I'm going to. Well, it is. Listen, it could get worse and it might get worse. But you're being kind. That's what's important. See, I, I just noticed that you can find an excuse. We, I, I hear this all the time. What about the hitchhiker? The hitchhiker argument. We can always find an excuse for not being kind to somebody. The question is, am I going to, am I going to be, my kindness going to be shaped by excuses or by my faith? Look at the Bible says here in Proverbs 3. Never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand is God's hand for that person. Never walk away. Never walk around them. And then look at it says in the next verse. Never tell your neighbors to wait until tomorrow if you can help them now. And one of the ways that you can 
you can uh, be sensitive to those moments is to ask God to just nudge you. Ask God to fill you with with awareness and nudge you with His Holy Spirit. There's been many times God has done that with me. I think, should I do something? And I and the Holy Spirit says, of course you should do something, Tim, and do it now. Here's the fourth thing. If I want to spread kindness, I spend whatever it takes to help the people around me. If there's anything you're going to know, you're going to experience is love costs. It costs your time. It costs your money. It'll cost your resources. And it may even cost your reputation. Because if you're kind to somebody that's that's not so, not so hot, that's got a bad reputation, you, they may identify you with them. Look at the Bible says here in, uh, again in Luke 10. The Samaritan, Samaritan went up to him and poured olive oil and wine on his wounds. Then he covered the man's wounds with cloth. The Samaritan had a donkey. He put the hurt man on his donkey. He took him to, the, to an inn. There he cared for him. The next day, he did just he, he, another day. The next day, the Samaritan took out two silver coins and gave them to the man who worked at the inn. He said, "Take care of this hurt man." I notice here he's he's even willing to get somebody else to help him with this. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to find whatever I can use, and I can find in a friend or a somebody to help this guy. He says, "If you spend more money on him, I'll pay it back to you when I come back." This man doesn't even know this guy. I'm thinking, is he a Jew? Don't know. What kind of lifestyle does he have? We don't know. What kind of political views does he have? Doesn't matter. This this good Samaritan, he doesn't know and he doesn't really care. All he knows is he sees somebody needing help. See, that's what kindness is. It's It's helping anyone and everyone. All he sees is a neighbor in trouble. And he wants to be... A good neighbor. What's he gain from this? Think about that. What does he gain from this? The Bible doesn't say. Well, what will I gain? There's probably the question. What will I gain if I'm this crazy, this radical about being kind to everyone? I don't know. I just know God sees it. You honor God with it. When you're kind, you honor God with it. And I know when you and I are kind to, to everyone, God never forgets it. Look at this passage in Proverbs 11. People who are kind will be rewarded for their kindness. God sees it and he'll reward your life. You see, whenever I pay it forward, God's going to pay it back. Now, I know I went a little long because we got Chelsea up here now. You notice that? So I'm, I'm still going to I'm still going to tell this story, and it's a story you've heard before, but I think it's just really appropriate. I want you to think about who needs your kindness this morning. Years ago, I was 21, young, thought I knew everything, uh, and uh, I was a youth minister in a small rural church, and uh, a fellow by the name of John Teal started uh, attending. He he lived in Mississippi. And he moved into this rural area and he started attending. I did not like this man. He did not like me. And we didn't hide that. We we walked on the other side of the room when we would come into a room together. We didn't speak to one another. He had some crazy opinions I didn't agree with and I didn't like and I let him know. He also let me know what I, he thought of me. Okay. One time, I kid you not, one time, this is how bad it got. 
I'm leading singing. And I knew he got irritated with certain things I do, and I did them on purpose while I led, led, led singing. And after the service is over, two men, he comes lunging at me. Two men are holding him back. He's going to punch me in the nose. You're exaggerating. No, two men are holding him back. He's 60 some years old, 70 some years old. And two men are holding him back. I got one guy holding me back. I should have known right then and there. That guy tore me up. He is saying stuff. I'm saying stuff. People are trying to break us up. It was awful. I felt awful after church. I mean, that's that's a great way to close a service, huh? Mm-hmm. Have a fist fight at church. Uh, a few weeks later, uh, it's the winter time, and uh, we're having a potluck. And uh, we're at meeting at a community center. We didn't have any room to eat uh, at uh, in our church building. So we met at this community center, and we're having this this potluck. And um, while we're having it, uh, because it's wintertime, an ice storm is beginning. It starts to drizzle, then it starts turning into ice. Everybody's car is covered with ice. I'm thinking, man, what should I do? You know, I'm bothered by what happened just a few weeks earlier. I know it's, it's got to change. But I don't like this guy. And God is working on my heart. And an idea comes into my head, and I think the Lord gave it to me. Why don't you scrape the ice off of this guy's car? So I go to his wife, Rose. I said, Rose, because I'd overheard they were getting ready to leave. And I said, Rose, can uh, can I have your car keys? And she goes, why? And I said, just give them to me. What are you going to do? Just trust me, okay? Okay. And so I go out and get their car. I warm it up. And I scrape all the ice off the windshield and the side glass and the back glass. And knowing how John could be pretty critical... I made sure every square inch of this glass was perfect when I got done. I pull the car up. It's all nice and warm inside. I give her, I, I leave it warming. I don't go in. I go in another door. Rose and John walk out. He gets in the car. Rose, And this is what Rose tells me. He gets in the car, Tim, and we're driving down the road for about a mile. And he goes, hey, there's no ice on our, 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 my windshield. And he said, there's no ice anywhere. What's this? I guess, and Rose goes, she acts really, you know, dumb. I guess somebody decided to scrape off all the ice off your car. Well, who did that? I think it was Tim. Tim? That guy? Yeah, that was him. Are you sure? Why? And she goes, I don't know, John. Maybe he's trying to say something. That changed everything. You talk about breaking the ice between us, man. It's like night and day. Next time I see him at church, he's not so mean. I know he doesn't seem to be so cranky. And his opinions don't get on my nerves so much either. And I'm, I'm a little more cautious on how I'm treating him. A little more, I'm thinking, in other words. I want to make sure I'm not going to waste that moment. You see, I did not want to clean his car. I, every square inch of me said, don't do it. I wanted to break his windshield, okay? Not clean it. But I knew it was the right thing to do. I just knew it was the right thing to do. But after I got done and after a few days and a few weeks, my feelings for him began to change. See how the feelings follow? He says, hey, how about want to go hunting with me? Hunting? Yeah, we're going to go rabbit hunting. Now, I want to, uh, to think about that for a minute, folks. Here's a man. He and I have not been getting along at all. We almost get in a fist fight. And he wants me to go with him while he carries a shotgun. Rabbit hunting. 
And I'm dumb enough to, you know, I go, sure. But you know, I'm doing one of these. I'm making, keeping an eye on him. I've got my shells in there. I don't know what I'd have done, but I'm scared. I'm kind of scared. And we go hunting once, then we go hunting again. We go and I find out this guy can walk me in the dirt. He's in great shape. We become good friends. We have coffee. We talk about all kinds of stuff. We even talk about how the different views we have, and we're able to talk in a civil way. We become good friends, and I'm trying to explain here. And then he dies. He has a heart attack. He goes on a rabbit hunt by himself, and he dies. I find out about this. I run over to their house, and there's Rose sitting. I'll never forget it. She's sitting in a chair. And I get on my knees, lay on my, and I lay my head in her lap, and I'm just saying, oh, Rose, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that John's gone. You know, he had heart problems. I, I'm so sorry. I remember her hand being on the back of my head, kind of stroking it. It's okay, Tim. I'm just so glad the two of you became friends. I, I just can't imagine him dying and you guys having this tension between you. And I thought, yeah, it was good for John. She goes, no, 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 Tim. It was good for you. And I started bawling. She was right. She was so right. I'm so glad that I chose kindness, you see. And I'm just saying to you this morning, who needs your kindness? Who's the cranky person at work or maybe in the house that's just getting on your nerves that needs your kindness right now? That neighbor that says to you, you blow your grass on your side of the lawn, I'll blow mine on my side of the lawn, and we'll get along just fine. That really happened to me, by the way. Who needs your kindness? How is God interrupting your life with these people when He's really creating an encounter between a Christian and someone that needs. It's been beat up by this cruel world. We don't know. We have no idea what people are going through. I just know you know this. You know this by now. Everybody's going through something. Who needs your kindness? Who needs your help? Jesus said these words. He said to this man, Yes, now go and do the same. He says, Don't wait. Start now. And I want to ask you and I want to encourage you this morning. Start now. Give somebody this kindness now. Don't put it off. Don't wait till you feel like it. Look at those people. Look them in the eye. See somebody that needs your help and you give it to them. You give, you spend whatever you got. Whatever you've got on you. And if you need some help, get some help. And let's spread some kindness in this cruel world. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning, Lord. Thank you for being so kind to each of us. And Lord, we pray that we'll be, we'll help us open our eyes, help us see with your eyes the people around us. Help us notice who needs our help. Help us resist the tendency to walk by, to justify our indifference, to justify our fear. Help us face that fear. Help us, help us uh, move against that selfishness in us. And help someone around us. Brother, help us seize the opportunity. Help us spend whatever it takes. That we'll use our time, our resources, whatever you've given us to help someone right now that needs 
needs to be needs to be helped. Father, I pray you help me. I learned this week I have a hard time sympathizing. That I get so caught up in my world I forget about everybody else's. Forget about what your world's and what what's going on in this world. And Father, I pray that I pray for me, I pray and I pray for all of us here that aren't very touchy and feely at times to be to learn to identify and let our let let our what we see just deepen into what we feel and so we can help someone, Lord. I pray, Father. I pray for us right now. Right now we need people that can imagine and identify what it must be like to go through whatever we see people going through. And let, let, let that, Father, just flood our hearts and create a tender heart, a kind heart. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.